Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Warning. Listening to Carl sing on the trail will result in vertigo, nausea, and stumbling off of cliffs. returned and this is Derek and with me today is the only man to injure himself two times in one night once zipping up his bag and two putting a spoon in his mouth <laughs> chipped your tooth on that one buddy that's a rough way to go rough way to go I think both are dangerous if you're not careful both are dangerous both, both are yeah both are very dangerous with me today is Derek Somerville a man who just introduced himself already but I'm gonna introduce introduce him again <laughs> He is one who evaluates trail quality by how much flat and downhill there is. <laughs> mm. is that, I don't know about that, but... Like it's good if there's no, not any uphill. Mm, depends on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Derek, we got the best and worst trails of all time, my friend. And then some. And then some. We have and then uh, some, yeah. some, some eclectic trails as well. So we'll get to that. Right. Yeah. I'm anticipating the reaction like, well, this is just subjective. This is just their opinion. But this is fact. This is real and objective and no room for argument here. No. Um, I'm really kind of excited to see what you come up with today. Because I know... No, I was I was joking, by the way. Obviously, people have their own feedback. They're welcome to share. Because we strangely have not been on every single trail out there. Well, I have. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You have? Okay, sorry, sorry. Today is brought to us, Carl, by the online leader in fitness, summitstrength.com.au. Check it out. Get some customized prepping for a trip or long trail or any type of trekking, summitstrength.com.au, Carl. First, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Is because I think a lot of times our view of trails is directly related to our personal experience, whether that's weather-related or friend-related or lack of friend-related. Mm. So mm. can one of these top trails simply be ruined by our own personal experiences? 100%. 100%. 
I think if you go to any trail and you have a negative attitude, or if you just bring, well, let's say you weren't thinking about who you were bringing, you just invited everybody because you want to be a great guy. Right. Sometimes that can backfire. Um, yeah. And so it can ruin your experience. So I, yeah. I think I tried to take these trails in an objective way. Yeah, I had a great time. You were on some of these. Some of you weren't. But right. I think I tried to take it objectively speaking. Like if I okay. was, if I was by myself, what would I have thought of this trail? Gotcha. To, yeah. So I think that kind of that kind of relates to our Bible verse for the day, Proverbs four eighteen. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So keeping that in mind, do you let your light shine on the trail when you're out there? Um, I have been known to smother the light, if you will. Uh, but I, I try. <laughs> I try to let it shine. I mean, the goal is to let it shine. So. Are you smothering your own light, or everybody else who's trying to shine light upon you? You're like, no, no, no. I want none of that good attitude. <laughs> I will smother your light, Carl. <laughs> um, I think I'm guilty of both. I think, if I'm being honest, I think I'm guilty of smothering, smothering your light, and uh, smothering my own light because maybe I have like, a <laughs> weird attitude about something. But I, I think for the most part, I try to keep the light shining for the most part okay i think i think you keep your light shining personally i think your light is is going strong yeah. at least when i'm well around. you know fake it till you make it right yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding all right uh, yeah. one one thing i want to point out though is that for those of you that like to obviously go off trail then you probably found some pretty awesome secret spots that maybe you're not very well traveled and this episode doesn't really apply to the off-trail stuff because it's all about kind of pre-created trails in specific zones and areas which have been intended for us to go check out. True, yeah. If you're going off-trail, that's a whole other ballgame. So what we did is we came up with kind of our own categories of awesome trails and what we think might fit those categories. And so we might have the same categories, we might not. I told Derek to come up with his own list and then just kind of, I guess, surprised me in the episode, so I don't know what he's talking about. And he, of course, texted me asking me the names of trails, and so that kind of ruined it. But we'll tough this one out. And then I didn't really use any of those. Really? So it didn't really matter. Yeah. Well, I might have used, I might have used okay. one. That's about it. Well, I'll, I'll share. All right. So what's, what's your first category of, I mean, because best trail could be anything, right? It could be, you know, are we talking like a long trail? Are we talking like a day hike? Are we talking an overnight or a three to five day back mm-hmm. trip? Mm-hmm. You know, anything could be whatever. So what was your first category? So my first category was, it was the best lunch spot uh, that I found on a trail thus far. Okay, so well, I like that. one of the spots that uh, you you were on this trail. This was um, in Colorado. It's uh, North okay. Inlet Trail, which you reminded me of. But yep, you didn't you didn't you didn't know why. But <laughs> That's uh, the one. Um, it was on Flat Top Mountain, and we had this amazing lunch. I think it was just after a rain, and it was in between rains. I guess you could say, and the skies cleared, and we had this amazing lunch. Nolton, you and I um, wearing the blue shirts, these famous blue shirts that we all three wear. Another story for another time. But um, anyway, there's all mm-hmm. this wildlife around, and it was just green rolling hills. It was so beautiful, and we just hang out, hung out there for a while and had lunch. I thought It was one of my favorite lunches I think I ever had outdoors. Yeah. We took a picture in that spot, actually, and mm-hmm. of us yeah. three kind of looking out at the expanse. So maybe I'll throw that up there for yeah. this for this trip. Yeah. That was a good one. So best lunch spot is just kind of coming down from a peak in Rocky Mountain National Park. And weather permitting, I would probably agree with that yeah. one. Good call. Yeah, good I like one. that one. I'm going to say you're one for one. <laughs> wow, we're getting graded. Okay. 
All right, what do you what do you got there, Mike? All right. So, okay, so I'm going to start off with kind of the obvious one because I think people, when people think of like, you know, the best trails, and if you were to look up trails, oftentimes you're going to come off, come across the long trails, mm. you know, the, the through hikes and such. And so, and there's a bunch of them. I've stuck, my list is stuck mostly to America, but there's the kind of the big three. And of the big three, I, I think the Continental Divide, from what I gather, is the most consistently scenic. I think the Pacific right. Crest has like spots which are the best, like by far. But the Continental Divide, I'm going to give the best long trail. And I've done sections of it, but I've obviously not done the whole thing. Right. So best long trail is Continental Divide. It's, it's the least traveled of the big three. Yep. And one of the hardest ones to do as well. If you're going for like traditional kind of notching your belt, you got to go with the Appalachian Trail. And if you're going for like maybe one of the long trails with the coolest name, the Ice Age Trail, I'm going to give a shout out to that mm-hmm. one in the Midwest. That's pretty cool. But in terms of just like consistent scenery, I'm going continental divide. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Scenery for long periods of time definitely would not drop any trail on my list. Um, okay. So I would get that. I, let's. We should, we should do that one day. What long trail? The continental. I'll, I would do any long trail with you, but continental divide. I mean, if we're gonna do a long trail, let's do a good one. So. Yeah. I mean, it only takes like you know four or five months. So. It's not a big deal. We got the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. Okay. Uh, my <laughs> second one. Is uh, the most. Wait, are you eating something while you're about to present your That sounds like you're chewing on something. I was chewing uh, on something, okay. uh, a small cricket. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't mind the podcast, just just have at it, just just chow down. <laughs> it, was, it was harder to swallow. Than okay, I, I didn't know if it was okay. if it was food or if it was like you're shuffling more papers. I was trying. No, no I'm not. I would never <laughs> shuffle paper, girl. You know, I will get reprimanded for shuffling paper. Um, anyway, uh, I was eating a cricket. Uh, we'll get to that. Are you being serious? Yeah, one of the crickets, you know, from the thing. You're eating a cricket on the I, had, I was chewing it off the microphone, and then I thought, oh, I'm good to go. And then I came back up, and I'm like... Oh, I don't have that. I don't have okay. it all the way down yet. I think our fellow adventurers out there are thinking... Like what? What does it mean by cricket? Is this like some sort of type mm. of something? No, it's a legit actual cricket. Is what he was chewing. Yeah, we'll we'll tell you more about that. I think on the next episode. You're like Derek. How do you eat crickets? Number one, guys. Number one, I'm a baller. Number two, Bear Girls taught us well. And number three, <laughs> um, you're you're gonna definitely learn more about the crickets uh, in in the near future. Yeah. So stay tuned. For that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's good to practice survival skills inside the comfort of your own house, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What better right, What's your next one? Uh, next one is the most rewarding mountain pass. And so... Rewarding. Okay. You, you've got some creative titles here. I'm, I'm digging it. I know that yours are kind of uh, vanilla, but that's okay. Yeah, they kind of are. This is kind of my... I, I hate to say ho-hum, like we've already heard this before, but this this is a... Well, I, I already know what you're going to say, and I think everybody else knows what you're going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> well, that, that took <laughs> all the air out of my sails. All <laughs> I went. Wrecked, totally I just wrecked it. Red Peak Pass, everybody, yes. <laughs> what? No way. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful up there. It's really, it's really gorgeous up there, for sure. There's parts of it, I feel, on one side that remind me of the Shire from Lord of the Rings, um, but it was rewarding because it's challenging depending on which way you go. And so it was, you know, I think at a time yeah. in my life where it was uh, pivotal for me. But I'd say for anybody doing that peak, you're going to be stoked that you did that peak. It is, uh, it's kind of one of a kind to me. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. No, I, and this is, and this is the, 
reference you make the most often, which makes the least amount of sense. I don't want to do super long, super hard days like that Red Peak Pass trip. But if you're talking about one of my favorite trips of all time, it's the Red Peak Pass trip. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. So a lot of things don't. But, you know. Okay. That's the beauty. Okay. Uh, most dramatic scenery for a four to five day backpacking trip. Maybe more. Maybe less. Depending hmm. upon you know how many miles you want to, you want to tag on hmm. there, but it's kind of vague. But okay, kind of vague. Most dramatic scenery. No, the other thing. Well, the mileage is dependent upon how how far people want to go. Okay, okay. So there's an, so in Glacier National Park, there's not a lot of loops. There's a lot of point to points, and this is kind of like a curl curl point where you kind of start in one spot, and it almost forms a loop. It doesn't quite reach around. So you have to get you have to get a shuttle. But if you go through the northeastern corner, right next to the Canadian border. And there's a trail the belly, through the Belly River Valley up and over Stony Indian Pass, which is the um, kind of headline banner on our Facebook page, which we've been asked about, like, where is that? That's amazing. It is amazing. It, it was beautiful. Yeah. And then there's like a little side trip to Elizabeth Lake, which the lake itself is awesome. But on that kind of short, I don't know, it's like a two-mile spur, there's a waterfall, which is epic, which we actually have in one of our YouTube videos. And... Mm. It was something that I wasn't even anticipating. And, and anyway, so going up over, over Stony Indian Pass and continuing on, that it's just constant awesomeness all the way to a section that I, we did not get to do, but it goes to many glacier and just more waterfalls, more scenery. So hard permit to get. But amazing if you do get it, for sure. Worth it. Right. It's like a late July, yeah. early August permit you're going to want. Definitely worth it, though. Okay. Yeah, so do you agree most dramatic scenery from what we've seen? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple spots that rival that. I have one on my list that it rivals that, I feel, but that that was pretty epic okay. with that, too. So my next one is the most scenic trail for me. Oh, is it most dramatic scenic trail? I should have thrown in dramatic. Your title's better. Yeah. Most epic. Epic? Most epic, yeah. Um, okay. So this is a, a little, it's kind of like a loop. You you can do an offshoot to a peak. Um, this is in Europe, actually. It's a, oh. It's in Interlaken. Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, it's called the, I guess you could call it, I, I called it the Harder Kulm, K-U-L-M, Kulm Trail. Harder mm -hmm. Kulm Trail. Um, and so there's a, a bunch of offshoots. There's one that goes to a place called Grindelwald first. Um, and then a bunch of like Germany sounding names that I can't even present, pronounce. But um, it's kind yeah. of like a, in between the legs. It's pretty easy to find, but you could just look up probably... I don't know, hiking and interlock and you find it. It's like one little right. loop and there's an offshoot up to a peak. But it when you get up to some of these areas like um, you know, up high above the lakes, the lakes it's what the it's what it looks like because the lakes are like pastel blue and everything's serene. There's mm. these little villages down there and you can see the Alps everywhere. It's just it's un I think it's kind of nostalgic because you're like, Oh, I'm in the Alps, but then you have all these lakes of a of a just a just a pretty exotic color and it really uh it really sets for a really awesome tone in the whole area so okay so you come down from from the trail like you finish your hike yeah and you go into one of these little villages you're talking about and you go into like i don't know a local mm -hmm. cafe or something what what are you ordering what i'm ordering over there is, they i don't know they have a lot of stuff they have like um they had american food they had french food they had german food they have uh, they have a little bit of everything, so you can kind of go downtown mix, and mix of cultures. Yeah, it's um, okay, and you can kind of take your pick at what you want. And it was everything was great, and you can rent mopeds and drive around the lakes. And it was, it's a very scenic mopeds on the lake. 
Around the lake. Did I say on the lake? Around the lake. Oh, oh, around the lake. I, th- I was picturing you like going skirting the edge with a moped. Sorry. That would be pretty dope. But no, there's lots of little offshoot trails around that area. Lots of outdoorsy things to do. So okay. that's a that's a really fun place. I would get chocolate, just just so you know. Swiss chocolate. You get chocolate. There, yeah. there was. I did go to a place called Zermatt for my birthday, mm-hmm. and it's in Switzerland near there. And they had the Matterhorn. It's right next to the Matterhorn Mountain, the original Matterhorn, not Disneyland, mm. but. Is there a roller coaster on it? Uh, I didn't check, but maybe. Just kidding. They so one day I was there. They're blowing the super long horns that you'd see on like a Ricola commercial. They're blowing those horns, yeah. right? And then all over the place are these like custom chocolate shops, and you're just you're just mm. in heaven. So it was amazing. Right. So right. yeah, I'm gonna say I feel like I know you pretty well, and I've not heard this story once. So I'm gonna say there's like a 75 percent chance you just made that entire thing up. Why? I just I just don't believe. I'm saying 75% chance that none of that is true. Um, you are wrong. wrong, yeah. You've never shared that story before. I haven't. Ever. It wasn't a very long hike. I just kind of, it was probably, we probably just went for the day, but I wasn't really thinking uh, anything about it. And I, I didn't even really remember the area. I had to look up the trail okay. area that I was in because I was staying in a specific area. So Okay, so you're saying that one of the most scenic areas you barely rem- remember. No, I remembered it. I don't remember. It was hard to remember the names of the trail, Carl. These are in like German. Gotcha. You know, like, I'm just clarifying. I just want to make sure that... Look, if you, I can pronounce Schkangeplatte. Uh, I mean, I could if I remembered that, then yes. Or, you know, Lauterbrunnen. But I don't really... What is the capital of Switzerland? It's, uh... This is a good... Wait. Zurich. 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 <laughs> burn. 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 <laughs> I don't look... <laughs> Trivia with Carl. Carl, what's the... I just Because wouldn't, wouldn't you have flown into to No, burn? we didn't fly into or, Burn. No, because we took the train. Okay. It was like a Europe trip. You know, people do this. Maybe you, maybe you haven't done okay. this. This is new for you. Which, which country is kind of east east northeast of switzerland i don't know i'm not i don't have a map in front of me it was like 10 years 20 years ago (laughs) it was you take a train into zurich and then you (laughs) take another train to various there's trains that go all over you don't fly in i mean you could i don't know you didn't tell me about this trip so i don't know what you're talking about it wasn't important to me i don't know what you did it was important okay it was it's it's Liechtenstein, by the way which is one of the richest countries in the world oh richest oh i didn't know you even said that yeah one of the richest one of the wealthiest ones yeah Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, moving along. So, okay, I will believe you on Pertinent that Pertinent <laughs> knowledge that was for the episode. <laughs> okay, this next one, this next hike is the best hike if you want the toughest mile. Mile. Like one mile. Mile. Single mile. mile. Okay. It's physically the hardest single mile that I know of. I'm sure if you're talking like off trail, you're bushwhacking or, you know, grizzlies are jumping at you or something, you could probably make a case for a different one. But this one is the Manitou Springs Incline. All right. And it's just a bunch of railroad ties, like a bunch of steps. I used it to train this past summer, so did Jared. And it's one mile long and over 2,000 feet of elevation gain in one mile. Ugh, no. It's like straight up, basically. You seem to enjoy that stuff. You seem to just get your jollies just... Let me. See, how much incline can I go? Dude, I'm not the only one. This this is a popular like. There's it's just a I'm, crowded I'm sure. crowded hike. So okay. it's it's epic. Even, it's awesome. Jared actually did it with a 20 pound vest, which to ugh. me is ugh. yeah insane. I, 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 I and I've you know I don't live terribly far from this, but the last time I did it was you know over 10 years ago before the summer, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. that at the time like you know I was 10 years younger and I was in really good shape. 
and I got to the top and I was like, I was burned out basically. So, um, so I had a little bit of fear returning to it this past summer, but there's a clip of it in the, um, in the movie that I think by the time this episode's released, it'll be out there on YouTube, the, um, death hike FKT we did. So just a little, little clip if you want to kind of get a taste of it, but definitely if you're looking for like a challenge, toughest mile, Manatee Springs incline. So I should fly to Colorado and do these steps if I want a challenge. Well, we could probably hang out and do some other stuff too, but I think, okay. I don't know. I, I think you you would like the challenge. I, I would do it once, and then probably hate okay. my body afterwards. But uh, it would be sore <laughs> for sure, for sure. That's what I want. I want to fly out and see you and just get totally wrecked. But maybe at the end of the trip, when I'm flying on the plane, I don't care about anything. I think it took Jared like 40 minutes to do, just to go from bottom to top oh. with his 20 pound vest. Do you know what pace he was going at? Like how many minutes per mile? Uh, I don't know how that's humanly possible to know that. Unless I asked him, which I didn't. So. Oh, okay. Well, it's one mile long, my friend. I just told you it took him 40 minutes. So he's doing a 40-minute mile. 40, oh, is, that, is that like a trick question? <laughs> was a trick, was it a trick question? It was a Captain Obvious question. I'm like, what kind of pace is he at? <laughs> I thought you were going to get more specific. Like, he was going like every 100 feet. He was going like blah, 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 or whatever. Right. But, nope. you know, that's that's uh, how long did it take you is a question. That's really what I'm curious. Well, I didn't have a 20 pound vest. I had my like six pound water pack on, and I think I did it. We stopped and like filmed a couple shots yeah. and talked to some folks. I think I did it in like, I don't know. It was like a couple minutes faster than Jared. So Jared was really faster than me with the weight that he had. I would imagine the way down would be really hard for him. So I, yeah, and some people walk down that, but there's a trail. It's three miles to get down the trail if you just take kind of the side trail down. So we just ran down the trail. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would not want to get walked back down. Some people, some people do that, though. Anyway, so toughest mile, what's your next one? Your last your last of the best. My last of the best, and then I have one of the worst. Okay. Um, my last trail. This, this was a fun, fun area. So this is an area with lots of offshoot trails that you can wander around. Spent a lot of time over here. Okay. Uh, it's in New Zealand. It's the trail that most trail area or trail that most reminds me of a movie, some type of like grandiose Lord of the Rings movie. So, is the is your category trail that most reminds you of a movie? Um, or I guess I could be more specific <laughs> about like trail that most reminds me of Lord of the Rings. We'll say, uh, yeah. and that is an area called Fiordland in the South mm. Island of New Zealand, where you have places like Milford Sound, Doubtful Sound, um, yeah, route. I think it's called, what is it, Route Burn Track is down there. And they have the Route uh, Burn Track. Route yeah. Burn. Did I say Route Burn? Yeah. Route Burn Track. I almost did a race on that one. Yeah. So there's all these beautiful, beautiful places over there that are just teeming with all the all the things that you think are out there in nature. But I think it's I think what really sets it, set it apart for me was just the fact that it's so, it, it felt so remote. It felt so its own thing. Like, um, I'm not, I guess I, I guess I, Maybe it's because you're in a different country and it's a rural country. Maybe that's why it felt that way. Because even if I go to like Yosemite or some of these, I'm in Washington, I'm like, right. oh, I know the city's like not that far away. Where in this place, you're like, I'm, I feel like I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And I, I it was just unparalleled. So, yeah, no, I like that. I, yeah, I didn't get that far south, but thumbs up to that one. And side note, we've, we've had some, some reaction about, you know, this whole idea of, the things that mm. make sounds at nighttime that are outside your yeah. tent, you don't know what they are, and they're kind of like disconcerting and stuff. So if you, like, depending upon how motivated you are to go backpacking without fear of the wildlife outside, D- New Zealand does not have any predatory animals on the island. So they do not. That's true. They don't. That's, so I'd say yeah, and that's, that's one of the greatest things. I know we were talking about that, you go back, was the ease. Like, we would travel around and just 
park anywhere and just pitch a tent and not worry about anything. It was great. Right. So not many places like that. And it's only like a 13 or 14 hour flight over there. So <laughs> really, really and quick. thousands of dollars. Really quick. Um, all right. That was a good list. I like your list. My, my last one yeah. is um, if you're looking for some danger, mm. the most dangerous trails out there. All right. So I've got what I think is the most dangerous trail, and I've got kind of the, the local version, the, the U.S. version. Mm. And the, the U.S. version is the Maze District and Canyonlands, simply because it's in the desert, and it's literally a maze of rocks that's super difficult to navigate, even if you're good at navigating. And so rangers, if you're going in there, first of all, they hardly get visitors compared to other areas. Right. And then they just heavily warn you, like, you better know what you're doing because you could die in there. Yikes. So the Maze District and Canyonlands, haven't been there, been two Canyonlands. I don't, like, I feel like I'm a pretty good navigator. I don't know I'm good enough to do that, though. I'd, I'd, I'd want some technology with me. That'd be a little sketchy, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like mine mine was the uh, Canapali Trail. And Ooh, when I was looking up some of those, that was on the list. So Because, I mean, you're walking on, like, 12 inches of sheer yep. cliff or whatever it was. Yep. That's so sketchy. But, that, but that's no, not thanks. the most dangerous one. The most dangerous one is in China, Mount Huashan which is correctly pronounced because I, I know Chinese. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was your best joke of all three seasons. Oh, my goodness. Um, go ahead. Oh, you were serious. Oh, Sorry, yeah. my bad. No, I was not serious. <laughs> okay, so there's it, there's like a long story, and it's very difficult just to get to the trail. Like, there's danger just to get to the trail, but the trail itself is literally just on a cliff, and it's not even yeah. an actual trail because they, they put the they hang these planks off, these wooden planks off the cliff, and you have to walk on these planks and hang on and maybe like tie into this chain and if you you know if you don't tie in right or if you know there's no handrail so it's just on the other side mm-hmm. it's literally a thousand foot drop okay so it makes it even more yeah. dangerous is at one point the wooden planks stop and you just simply have to put your feet in divots in the rock and con- to continue on <laughs> <laughs> and they they don't keep the kind of stats we do over here in America but they estimate about 100 people die there every year on this one trail so I, I did, I'm Googling this as you're talking about yeah. it, and it looks totally absurd. Right. Like there's just, and, and you know what's crazy about this is if you, one one YouTube thumbnail here is like, there's the people on the planks holding the rail or the chain that you're talking yep. about, and it looks like it's just packed oh, full yeah. of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, because I mean, when you talk about challenge, you talk about danger, that's an attraction for people. So our, our yeah. fellow adventurers out there are like, yeah, like when I'm over in China. I'll hit the Great Wall, and I'll hit that trail. No, this does not look that exciting. This just looks like survival. I'm not an adventure junkie. I've done my fair share, and I'm good. I'm good. That's crazy. All right. So we promised our version of the worst trail of all time. Mm. What, in your opinion, is the worst trail? Mm. Are you going to surprise us or or go with uh, one you've mentioned before? This is – it's got – well, it's got to be one of of experience, I think, from my opinion. Um, Okay. It's got to be the junction at Gravel Pit Lake, and okay. I've never been attacked by mosquitoes like this in my life. Um, when, when you can, this is when you were in the fetal position, one of many times. When you have the wildlife make you succumb to a fetal position, it's got to go up on your chart because it was so. I mean, I had I was breathing in mosquitoes in my nose; they were in my ears. Mm. I mean, I ate a couple probably. It was horrible. But mosquitoes are, like, it's a season, though, so it's not always like that. No, probably not, but I, I'm going to say it's more, 
more often than not, you're going to find mosquitoes here because you're you're near this gross, disgusting bog, and there's just all kinds of grossness. <laughs> it's, just gro- it's just gross, right? Okay. That was probably the grossest place we've ever filtered water, and we were skeptical. Thankfully, it was okay, but um, I just remember there being a million mosquitoes. So, the, for me, that was like the worst trail. I okay. think that was... Uh, what what park was that? Was that in... Um, that was in Yosemite. That was in Yosemite, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I kept thinking it was in... Uh, emigrant for some reason but no Yosemite, yeah fair point but yeah and what's crazy is that around that area is actually beautiful yeah. it's one of the more beautiful areas but like what you're saying that junction to go to that lake which happens to be the only water source a while for a good distance it's like is, you're forced to go just the, yeah yeah it's gross the, the no-go zone so your criteria for worst trail was simply just mosquitoes and gross water is that you say simply as if it was not a big deal, Carl? Okay, okay. your <laughs> your criteria was essentially, basically. My criteria was wildlife bringing me to my okay. knees physically. That was that, that contributed heavily. So, what trail makes you the biggest sissy and is also gross water? Is that, that correct? Is your interpretation? I will not <laughs> comply with that interpretation. What do you got? Okay. You, did you Google some like crazy gross? Well, I think I like the water part better because that's that's kind of just objective. Whereas you know the mosquitoes are temporary and unique to your experience, right? Well, are the mosquitoes temporary? I mean, they're temporary, yes, to a degree. But are there? I think are they frequent? I think your vision, your your view of this lake is that they just never go away, like ever. I I want to say that there's always mosquitoes there to some degree because you are near this okay. disgusting bog that is just festering constantly. So you know mosquitoes love it there. I mean, you know, winter solstice. Watch out for the mosquitoes there. <laughs> winter solstice. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we all watch out for the watch out for the winter mosquitoes. When, you know what? When do a majority of backpackers backpackers go into the wild? A majority go like when it's warm out, right? Majority. Nah, I'm not saying they don't go when it's cold. I'm saying majority go when it's summertime. <laughs> I totally agree with July, you. I just was simply and you know they're there. exaggerating your word always. Okay. Uh, seasonally, uh, is that better? Okay. They're there, and you're gonna hate it. So I think that I think you're challenging me to go to that lake and just stand there and find a time when there's no mosquitoes in the summer. I, I wonder. So. That would be a good challenge, actually. If we ever went do back, you wanna, do you want to go back to that lake? I don't ever want to go back, but for some reason, <laughs> I had to go back. I would challenge you to a standoff to just stand at that junction, hands at your side. Uh, you can wear a hat, whatever. And this, who can stand there the longest without mm. slapping their if face you, with mosquitoes on it? Who can stand If there you longest? brought, no, I like the challenge, but I'm just thinking if you brought a bunch of newbies on a trip oh. and said, our destination is Gravel Pit Lake, and no. then it was like an out and back overnighter, and that's all they experienced, would they go on a backpack <laughs> trip again with you or at all? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> probably both. I don't know. Definitely not with me, for okay. sure. Oh my gosh, that'd be terrible. I, that does not surprise me you chose that one because you, you have a strong hatred of that lake that will never go away. It's greater than your hatred of water filters, Carl. It's great. <sighs> that's, that's saying a lot. Um, <laughs> Nalgene, one of the two. I don't know. Right. My worst trip of all time is one I've experienced multiple times. Okay. So I know what I'm talking about here. Oh boy. And this is a badge of honor for some. So some people just want to do the trail to get the trail done. But if you look at this trail objectively, it is terrible okay i'm gonna tell you why first before i reveal it Mm. first of Mm. all it is one of the most crowded trails 
that I've ever been on. It's not maybe not the most, but it's up there, and it is very difficult to get permits for this trail. Okay. The second thing is the trail itself is not very well made. The third thing is the area that you're in is not beautiful. I mean, if you like any sort of nature, it's better. I'll say it's better than nothing, but compared to the rest of the the Sierras around it, it's probably, in my opinion, just the, the least nicest spot. Uh, so just to clarify, you were saying it's very crowded, but it's also very hard to get a permit. Right. It's the badge of honor that gets that makes it so popular, and that is the highest mountain in the contiguous U.S., Mount Whitney. Mm, yeah. I've heard the horror stories over that. I mean, you've driven like you you've driven by it like it's right out of Lone Pine. They have these you know yeah. little telescopy things you can look up to the mountain mm-hmm. and just viewing it from Lone Pine, it just looks brown and smoggy yep. and not very nice. Yeah, you think that trail would be more defined if there's so many people walking all over it, though, right? Or is yeah. it just is it just one big mess of dirt everywhere? I mean, it's just like carved out of the rock, but it's not carved very well, so it's just kind of rough on the feet, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like impossible or anything. But the other thing too is that is that because of it's like kind of one way in one way out and it's so crowded and so popular like imagine how many people have like gone to the bathroom along the way there's no offshoots or options really kind of getting up to that mountain ridge and so like even filtering water that i um that's a that's a bad one for sure i'm surprised i'm not i'm not too surprised you put that on your list but i actually thought you'd come up with something a little bit uh more well, you did come up with some good dangerous ones, so that makes sense now, I guess, as, as I think about it. A thorough list, Carl. A thorough list. Uh, so I, I I liked them all. I liked them all. Um, I'd be curious to see what the, the fans have out there for some of these topics. Uh, so if you have any ideas, put them out there on the Facebook page. I'd be curious to see what you guys come up with. We probably missed one. And, and maybe you have a different category, or you just have a different answer for some of the categories we have. So Come up with a category, Please. Yeah. That'd yeah, please respond. We're we're probably like at, what are we at? Like two weeks after the episode airs, we'll we'll have responses just the way that we've been recording and mm, yeah. So, but we we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Definitely. All right. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, MidwayUSA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. MidwayUSA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, so trivia is famous historical trails. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. 
Why is this? Why are you afraid of this? I know you're going to come up with some obscure ones just because of the uh, challenge we had. And you're going to okay. intentionally try to stop the, me. I feel like the ones that I have that are kind of fill in the blank are not obscure. Mm-hmm. There's one that's hard, but mm-hmm. I gave you multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, fair. Okay, I'll start off easy. How many do I have? I've got five. All right, so you should be able to get four out of five. I think you should get, get five out of five. I hope. I don't remember trail names. We bleed. There's so many trails that bleed together. I, I wish I was better at remembering trail names. Yeah, these are historical, though. These you should All right, these. We'll, we'll give it a go. All right, so here we go. I'll give you an easy one to start off with. So this is a famous northwestern mm. trail that was used for our country's westward expansion. Um, westward expansion. Is this the Oregon, the Oregon yep. Trail? <laughs> Oregon Trail, see? See, I knew. Ooh, and I, I played that. Did you play the game? You played the game. I, I did not have a teacher that let me play that really? game. I know okay. what you're talking about, That's though. That's too bad. Yeah. I think they have it now. It, There's a couple things like that that like everybody did in school that I just didn't have those teachers. So sorry, you're deprived, Carl. I think they have it on. A, I think there's Probably. an app now if you want to check it out. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. try it. All right, second one. This was a trail used after the Indian Removal Act was enacted by Andrew Jackson, and it made the Cherokee tribe mm. move from Georgia, and many of them died along the way as they moved towards Oklahoma. Oh gosh! So trail from Georgia to Oklahoma. Yeah, that what we're saying. Yeah. Oh, is that the? Oh, um, I think my wife mentioned this. This is the uh, Cherokee Trail. Cherokee Trail Tears. Mm. The Tears Trail. Is that what it is? I'll give it to you. Trail of Tears. There you trail go. Of tears. Congratulations. Yeah. Pulled that out. Good. Good. Fast Google search there. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's part <laughs> Cherokee, so she would talk about that oh. frequently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, that was... Yeah. And we responded with uh, putting Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill, so... Yeah, smart. I think they're going to remove him from the, the bill scene, though. But anyway. Probably. Okay, next one is... Uh, this is a pilgrimage hike that is in the country of Spain. Oh. Uh, my wife did this. Um, <laughs> uh, you probably know it, then. Wait, hold on. Well, give me a second. It's... Uh, if you just get any part of the name, I'll give it to you. Oh, I want to say there's like a fuego word in there or something. It's <laughs> it's called uh, <laughs> give me, give me a second, give the me hike second. of fire. Uh, <laughs> it's the oh I know it's the Camino oh Camino del Fuego. <laughs> no, it's Camino de something. San, <laughs> okay. San, Santi Camino de Santiago. Santiago. Yeah. Santiago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'll give you that one. Camino. Because yeah. we always call it the Caminos. But... <laughs> I almost forgot that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> three wow. for three. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> all right, the next one. This trail is named after a California naturalist who went camping with Teddy Roosevelt. John Muir. Yes. Right. Yes. It's the only one I could guess. Yeah, I thought I, th- I thought that the way that I worded it might kind of throw you for a loop, but you're, you're too you said smart naturalist. For that. You you know. Okay. Yeah. Too smart for that. Sorry. And now right. the hard so one. Here's here's my um, yeah multiple choice one. Okay. okay, so this is. A Canadian trail that's about mm. 850 kilometers long, and it passes through numerous waterfall zones in eastern Canada, and actually comes relatively close to Niagara Falls. There's like, like a little offshoot trail for Niagara, Niagara Falls. Hmm. All right, so I'm looking for the name of this trail. Is it A, the Bruce, B, mm. the Hudson, C, the Edward Munton, or D, <laughs> never-ending cloisters? Never-ending cloisters. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to call it the Edward Munton. 
<laughs> okay. Did you make that up? <laughs> I don't, it sounds like totally it, I'm like if you made up if you made up Edward Munton, good job. Like Is for Edmonton, it? Canada. Ed. Oh, Edmonton. <laughs> Touche. I'm poking fun at Edmonton. That's funny. Edward Munton. I'm like Ed Munton. How did he make that up? That's crazy. All right, that's that's funny. Is Warning, I'm going to bring that up again many times. <laughs> You said it perfectly, though. You're like the Ed Munton. <laughs> um, I did not do full research. I don't know why it's called the Bruce, but it is, and I don't know. It the is backstory. the Bruce. Yeah, it's the Bruce. Uh, that would have yeah. been my second guess. <laughs> I said Eastern Canada. I said the Hudson. So I thought you might. I thought, I thought I might throw you for that. But you got four to five. So, so you got the trivia, and then you embarrassed yourself. So, congratulations. Uh, bummer. Okay. Well, I passed. That's all I care about. I did. All right. I got some tidbits before we go. Tidbit me. Okay. Uh, did you have you been on Facebook recently with the the site? Um, not for a couple of days. Wow, it's going on. Okay, did you and find by, by couple days, mean like a couple months or actual? No, I went on a couple days ago. Okay, because there's a story in response to our our last episode by the gift that keeps on giving, which is our our fellow adventurer Jesse, and he has mm. an underwear story on there. Did you catch that? Um, I don't know if I saw that. Let me see. Okay. He talks about a water crossing and where, you know, he takes shorts off. I forget. You'd have to go read the story. It's a good story. He takes his shorts off, underwear off. He, basically, the, the net result is he ends up hiking for quite a ways in his his boxers, his underwear. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And have you ever had that experience? Hiking in my boxers? No, I haven't worn boxers. I hiked without my underwear, uh, as you know briefly and like what do you mean wait what yeah well, the the day i forgot my underwear down by the river oh no 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 no. yeah he's i'm talking like he doesn't have his shorts on like he's just hiking in his underwear right that's what i'm saying i haven't hiked in my underwear okay. but i've okay. hiked without underwear so there you go but you were you weren't bare bottom you you had shorts on still <laughs> was i naked no i was not naked girl i had uh okay well that's what you're implying you're well, you're not clear well on this, so that's it doesn't, i mean you're talking about underwear i'm just saying if i had underwear or not so okay gotcha i have been on the trail and actually relatively recently with just the underwear on and so when he, when he shared that story i was like i strangely have had a similar experience mm. but he thought he was on a remote trail and he passed some folks so he had to just kind of chat with wow. them as he went by Oh yeah, I'm in I'm in underwear. Whereas I had to kind of cross a road and do so in my underwear. So I wait to get you know at the back of the trail. So I waited till cars were you know not coming anymore. <laughs> you don't hear the car sounds coming around the corner, and then I and then I made a run for it. So you were as quick as a, like a Sasquatch. Yeah, kind of like a Sasquatch. I made a run for it, and so of course, um, as I make a run for it. Cars aren't coming because you can hear cars coming, but there's a cyclist coming around the corner who's like, you know, riding silently. So I'll, I'll just say that my shorts were unusable huh. at that time. Interesting. <laughs> is why. What? Yeah. Uh, how long ago was this? I don't think I've heard uh, this story. Did you tell me this story? No. Last spring. Last spring? What? Yeah. Yeah. It was like one of those embarrassing moments that I didn't really share wow. out there. But because Jesse was willing to put that out there, I thought, eh, I could probably share that I had an experience which wasn't going so well out there and um, on a trail run. So Wow. That's Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of that, we got more underwear comments. This is from Krista, who 
I don't know if you saw her comment, but she was actually confirming what you were saying, that adults might still have skid marks in their underwear. Oh, so well played, m'lady. She does, she's in part of the service industry where she comes across people's laundry, and she's I think she's kind of upset about that. But yeah, she says adults, just as Derek said, don't know how to wipe. So now, I don't know why you were in this fantasy realm where you didn't think this happened. <laughs> Like, do you, do, you live uh, in, do you live in the land of like bleach and white sheets all day, or like this? This is part probably. of it. I mean, I don't know. You've, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you, no, I fully give you credit that you know your stuff about going to the bathroom. So I apologize for challenging you on that. I think you gave people too much credit for being clean. That's what I think you did. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So either way, I, I'm pointing out that she's confirming that you're right, and so. she is a scholar and a wonderful person. So thank you for the backup. Yeah. I thank you for the backup. Right. Gold star. Right. And that's the first time I think we've, we've heard from Krista, whereas Jesse, he's he's kind of rivaling Todd with with some consistent commentary. Do you think do you think they'd be friends? I wouldn't put it past him. Final tidbit is not about underwear. This one is actually from listener, mm. from fellow adventurer, sorry, Gene, who was, he had a question about the, the water filtration. That one, that one keeps on popping up, a lot of questions about the water filtration stuff. And he had an interesting one. He said that he had kind of found some different information about whether you should back flush or try to clean out your filter like after a trip with tap water. Huh. So would you have any reservations about using tap water to to clean my filter? Yeah, if you were ever to do that chore. Where do I live? I mean that's I guess that's where that's kinda of what that'd be my question. Right. Right. That's a big one. Mm. Yeah, like Flint, Michigan, for example. I mean here I don't I don't I I probably do it here. I think I've, I have done it once or twice. I didn't really think about it, but I didn't find anything about how tap water can actually destroy the filter. Maybe that's what he's referencing. But it, the filter will not take yeah. out chlorine, for example. It's not meant to take out chlorine. So right. if you're doing that, you might still right. have some chlorine kind of mixed in. But I mean, I drink my tap water. My tap water is pretty clean here in Castle Rock, Colorado. Do you drink your tap water? Mm. I don't. Okay. No. Are you afraid to, or you're just too highbrow to do that? Uh, I it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say either. Like I like. I think I just like knowing that the water went through a treatment process, because gotcha. I know that there's, you know, there's some junk out here. It's not horrible. Tap water goes through treatment. It does. Process. It does. But uh, I think, I think when you see what's on the edge of the faucet after a while, you kind of are like, mm, maybe I should get some filtered water. When in reality, that's fair. That's you know a fair what I mean. Point, like when in reality, I'm yeah. like. Mm, I know filtered water may or may not be yeah. that much cleaner, but I think psychologically maybe it's maybe it's better. I don't know. No, mine's more just out of sheer laziness. Like we have the Brita filter that we fill up, but if I'm just like trying to grab and go, I just go for it. So yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't have a problem with that. I did. Is I don't know. I, I did some research and I found some people that did not want to do that, and they said obviously in places like Mexico where it's not mm. bacteria but it's viruses, your filter's mm-hmm. not meant to get rid of the viruses. You need a purifier for that. But, right. yeah, depending upon the water that you're using and how reliable it is, assuming it's safe tap water, you know, like, if the only other thing you could do is, if you're really concerned about that, is that you'd have to buy some some really purified bottled water from the store and just use that to back flush it after a trip, which would obviously be fine. It's just kind of a bigger hassle. Right. That was the only other thought that I had, if you're concerned at all. You just have, like, a, you know, a jug on hand to do that. But... You're supposed to kind of go through it with some, you know, like a bleach water mixture anyway to kill any stuff before your next trip. So mm. interesting question, Gene. Thanks for pointing that out there. And if I come across any more information, 
I will throw it your way or throw everybody's way. So that's all I got, man. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Uh, I'm proud of you. And we are all proud okay. of you, Carl, as usual. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, that'll do it for us today. Thanks again for the B&B, being a tune-in listener. Give us a review if you have time. Five stars is always helpful. And remember, guys, if Carl hasn't stepped on it, it's probably not really a trail yet. We'll see you next time. I want to There was another trail that, uh, you know, is probably by far the most dangerous trail. Um, and that is, that's called the, uh, the MC trail. And, uh, it's a trail that, uh, it's the only trail that you don't want to go on with Carl. It's any trail really going on with Carl after he's had the MC or the, the mac and cheese. And if he has that mac and cheese, no, chili, cheese, and mac. Let's call it the CCM trail. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm editing as I go, guys. <laughs> guys, it's so it's messed up my brain, as you can tell, guys. The chili beef with mac. CBM, guys. CB. <laughs> Holy Moses. The fear. It'll cause paranoia, hallucinations. You're not going to be the same, as you can clearly tell from the way I'm explaining this. CBM Trail with Carl. Stay out of the way or stay upwind. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.